Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Robert and I'm your host. It is Thursday, June the 9th. If you're listening on the audio version, which we encourage you to do because we love that. We also encourage you to watch on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. If you're there, hit the like button, smash, turn on, no, smash the like button, press the subscribe button, and turn on alerts so you'll know when we go live. Usually sometime between, I don't know, 12... Eastern and three central hmm. thereabouts joining me to talk some news as we do this time of year. The one, the only Mr. Ryan Wilson. Hello. How's it How are you? I'm all right. Man, I, can't hurling, I can't believe you're going to be 54 in just like 20 days, 20 days, ni- uh, 19 days. I'll be 54. How many, wait, will you really be 54? No, I'm eight. I've always been eight years older than you. Dumb, dumb. So, uh, so that means you're 45. Yeah, good one. <laughs> I had some people tell me there's no way I was older than 34 a few weeks ago. And no I, one on planet Earth. I promise they did. I was like, oh, my God. Were they a thousand years old and they couldn't see? Yeah, they were, they were both blind. Um, yeah. 34. I was like, oh, well, you know what? Could, um, could 30, you again, except I need that to be on videotape. So you're telling me someone thought you were four years older than Debo. Get get out of town. Maybe it was like you know when like kids like they have no concept of age, so it was like a three right. year old, and they're like, "Oh, you're like 110, or you're like 12." Right. right. Yeah. I can't, believe, like can't believe those words left your mouth. Get out of here. It's actually, happened twice in the last uh, in the last yeah. seven weeks. It was the same three year old. They forgot you the first time. They saw you again. Hey, there's that 34 year old. Um, congratulations. Yeah, no, it's totally different. Totally different spots. Um. Anywho, totally different three year old. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> It's totally different kindergarten classes. No big deal. Well, how old do they think Debo and Breach are? Debo's well, eight. Debo looks like he's twelve. And Breach is, Breach is twelve. Um, a Breach could be like sixty-five. There's no age that you could tell me Breach no. is that I wouldn't believe. Breach, if you but if you're <laughs> if like Bre- Breach is eighty-three years old, I'd be like, yeah, sure, that checks out. If Breach had the same hair treatment as you and had like uh, his hair darkened, he would look. Like a twelve year old with him, he'd look Eddie Munster. I don't know if anyone remembers Eddie Munster, but Eddie Munster from well, I mean, that's not really helping your case to act like you're younger is when you make Eddie Munster references. Yeah, fair enough. But you said I was Who 54. Remember Irv Griffin? <laughs> so, Irv Who? Griffin, I don't know. Yeah, Merv, not Irv. Merv Griffin. Merv Griffin. Irv Griffin. What is? It? Yeah. Hello, fellow kids. Well, how do you do, fellow kids? Um, <clears throat> What's going? I'm on? sorry that I just give off a youthful, a youthful, vivacious glow. I think you could line up. Everyone on planet Earth, and not even your wife, I don't think, except for the, the two three-year-olds you ran into last week. I don't think they would think that you were eight years younger than me. But I am eight years younger than you. That's the point. 
you look I mean, like you have you, a lot you, more gray than I do. You, yeah, but also I don't hair. have hair plugs. <laughs> I mean, did you see what? Uh, did you see what Paul Bizanet did? You know, uh, the, for, the former uh, NHL player who like now uh-huh. works for Barstool and is also doing um, TNT hockey coverage. Uh oh, what did so he do? <laughs> so he's like he's on the main like TNT like pregame halftime coach. hockey desk, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's very prominent in their coverage, and he he shaved. The just the top of his head and left these like gigantic like like he did uh, like the, the George Jefferson, yeah, basically yeah. on purpose though. <laughs> right, <laughs> look, yeah, look at this. Oh, it's way worse in, than the George Jefferson. Yeah, yeah, but, but that's even great pull, Devo. <laughs> but like so, that's even that's even like grown back a little. It was completely bald in the middle. It's just an amazing look. Not only male pattern baldness at the extremes, but he, he's starting to grow back in the middle, and he has a no, 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 no. He shaved the middle part. I get it, but it, it it even looks crazier now that it's starting to grow back. Yes, correct. In addition to that, he ha- he has a, a porn mustache. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But then, like, should, but like he's on the main the desk on NHL TNT. It's amazing. Does he drive the uh, the van from Silence of the Lambs as well? Because I mean, I mean ima- like if I, imagine if I did that for like our CBS draft show, they'd be like, "What are you doing? Get the hell out of here!" Yeah, but if well, Brady Quinn wouldn't do it. But if like. Uh, if Brady shaved like a if Brady showed up in a mohawk, they'd be like, "Ha ha ha ha!" Oh, right. Brady. And I don't think Will Middlebrooks would do it either. But if he did it for baseball coverage, they'd be like, "Oh, he's a former World a World Series winner. This is fine." But yeah, yeah, if you did it, you would immediately be right. I'd be fired on the, on the spot. If I if I took my hat off and did the podcast right now, I'd probably get fired because I because your hair plugs are bleeding, more. huh? Because your hair plugs are bleeding. I can't allow the conspiracy to continue on. Anyway. Looking That's five, that minutes. Day five minutes that we killed where we don't have to talk about football news. Um, Can't wait till you're out in with your hair plugs. My God. Um, I want to see you cry on YouTube. <laughs> I was going to say on national. I don't even know how you, like, I see, we talk about this all the time. Like, I don't know how you even get hair plugs. Like, where do you go? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You? I hear you. I know you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just hope my hair doesn't, I hope, my, I hope it, my hair doesn't go the way that my father's did. I told you it's your mom's dad. What's your mom's dad hair, hair head of hair look like? He died with a full head of hair. You're fine. That's the well. My dad had a full head of hair, big full head of hair. What's your what's your grandmother's on his side? What's his mom's dad's hair look like? You you, you probably I never you, met him. Yeah, I guarantee he didn't have a full head of hair. Anyway, he died at 57. I think he had hair. Yeah. No, my you dad know. had a full head of hair until I went to college, and then it all turned gray. And then my brother went to college, and it all fell out. And Charlie still has all this hair, and he's younger than you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because like jet worst black, case scenario, jet black hair too, thick jet black hair. Worst case scenario is like the Long family, where Chris Long, who as I every time I talk about, smells great and has a full head, full head of hair and is incredibly handsome. Lovely and, then, and then Kyle, friend who's younger, both, both Kyle and Chris, friend of the pod. Kyle, who's younger, got screwed. He got the Ryan Wilson treatment. So I'm guessing that their mom's dad may not have had a full head of hair, and they Chris just got lucky. But uh, Debo, what's your situation? What's your mom's? Dad's situation with how's your Bosley treatments going, Diva? <laughs> Diva scrambling to get his wig back off. Like, I'm on another call <laughs> of another podcast. It's All not right. even about football, it's about soccer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Steve's not there. Yeah, he's, uh, he's okay. Family tree. <laughs> we should start cussing and just see if he notices. No, he, he's out, he's he's checked out. He checked out. Uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie told me he wants me to say a bad word on the podcast. I was like. Nobody. I'll get fired if I do that. He's like, really? He's you like, won't. you should do it. I'm like, no, I don't think you get it. You understand? You understand how money works, right? <laughs> no, you don't. 
I think I heard my name. I was on another call. <laughs> there it is. We were talking oh! about to the Pull super dedicated host. Take off the brawn, be a man. Kunak called me about a little pre-production meeting, you oh, know, who did? something unheard of on, on the Pick 6 podcast. <laughs> Brian McKenna. <laughs> who did? Who called you about The it? only yeah. time yeah. Brinson calls you, Debo, and it's not, not even before the show, it's during the show, it's to say he's either going to be late or not going to be able to make it. That was the only right. phone calls you get from Brinson. AK told me she watched uh, Memorial Day show. She was like, I saw you weren't on it. I wanted to know where you were. That's why she watched. I was like, you watched because I wasn't on it? Thanks. Sounds about right. All right, let's talk football news. All right. We'll find out about Debo's hair situation next podcast. Yeah, Debo, what's the deal? Is your hair, are you worried your hair is going quickly? No, no I, feel, I feel pretty strongly about it. The question was, how's your mom's dad's hair? Uh, his hair was was great. Um, so I feel, I feel good. I mean, good. The, the grays are, are like trickling in a little bit. Um, as I think we discussed on a previous podcast, like I, I always said that I was going to probably color it, but now I'm just like, right. I don't think I'm going to do that. What if you wake up tomorrow and you have the Chip Patterson going on? Would you color that it? That would in? be a, a wild morning, I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Question what happened overnight. Because Chip uh, was... Uh, oh, Chip was, Chip's been by 30, since like... Was, yeah. I mean, since I met Chip. Late 20s, it was clear that he, his hair was not going to well, be... Mid-20s, I think it was... Natural color for forever. Chip's been rocking that salt and pepper since mid-20s. But, hey, hey. it just depends. He's got a head full of hair. Absolutely. All right, let's go. All right. So the Broncos, we talked about this on um, yesterday's show. Mm -hmm. The Broncos actually sold to the Walton family for $4.65 billion by far and away. I believe doubling up David Tepper's previous high of the Panthers purchase, or purchase of the Panthers, $2.25 million or maybe $2.52 million. Um, either way, blowing out of the water the previous record for an NFL purchase. I mean, this is this is like I think this is going to have ramifications across the league. Maybe not from a um, like, like the average fan who just wants to watch football will care about, but from a from a what we might see in terms of ownership change across the NFL ramifications, which will mean a lot for certain fan bases. For instance, if you are trying to think of the best example, I think, I think the best example is probably the Spanish family with the chargers. Do you sell the chargers for four, for $4.5 billion right now? You do, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't you? I mean, if you're Mark Davis or what if you're, Daniel Snyder. There you go. I mean, he is not, <laughs> he is a, one of the poorer billionaires in the NFL. He's right. under a lot of scrutiny for stuff that went on under his watch. And, and his name has actually been included in some of those allegations. And I don't think, I, I think someone I mentioned this in previous owners meetings. He He's not well liked by owners, like as well liked as some other owners are. Um, sure. um, Daniel Snyder. Snyder. Well, he's, they, so I think they like him in the sense that he's been around for a while. He's part of the club. He uh, is all about business. He works well with all the other owners and his team sucks constantly. The owners love guys like that because they're not competitive on the field. They don't burn them off the field, but now this stuff is starting to hurt 
like now that he's like allegedly taking money from other owners, all of a sudden I think it's flipped completely. And so, yeah, like that's a great example. If you're Dan Snyder, you don't want to sell the Washington team. But yeah, you if you're being forced, if, if, if you feel like you six be, million, you do. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, if you're thinking like, all right, I might be forced to sell. And if when you're forced to sell, it changes the, the valuation, right? Like you're not going to get as much as you want when you're forced to sell. If you are, if you, if you put, if you're like, you know what, we're putting the Washington team out there. We got a name change. We got a new head coach. We got rid of all the old stigmas. You can come in and be, you know, take over. I don't think Daniel, Daniel Snyder wants to, but there's a possibility that he has to in the future. Maybe he thinks about doing it. Um, he's still, he's top 20 per the latest rankings from John Breach. Um, <laughs> I wonder where he got this. Where did Breach get this from? Uh, uh, from Forbes. Uh, he was top 20 in terms of, um, in terms of NFL owners, in fact, top 15 at $4 billion. So like he wouldn't have to do it, but like a team, like a failure, the, I'm trying to find an actual article that lists everyone. And so John Breach's crap article here. Here we go. An updated one. For instance, 32 by the Green Bay Packers. This is for Pro Football Network. 31, Mark Davis, net worth $500 million. Mm. I, the, the only issue with my, Mark Davis is I don't think he would want to sell because he believes like trying to win after his father's legacy. And I, I, he grew up being a Raiders guy. Like, I don't think he would want to do that. And he you know, moved to Las Vegas and got the new stadium. But if you're Mark Davis and you think you can get $4 billion, I mean, or even $3.5 billion, and you got a huge new stadium and you got a very, like, you know, you got an attractive franchise from in terms of a, you know, um, brand perspective, you have to at least think about it. Yeah. No, that's right. Um, there, there are obviously a lot of things at play there. Half a million dollars, uh, half a billion dollars, excuse me, doesn't sound like a lot of money. That. You can live off half a million dollars quite comfortably. Um, yes, you can. The I problem just, is most of the one, most of the people at the bottom of this list, uh, the Spanish said net worth two point four billion dollars. I mean, they're really cheap for. Like, I don't think this. The Rooneys are. The Rooneys are actually below. They're they're twenty eighth according to Pro Football Network. Net worth five hundred million to one billion dollars. But and like, that's all in the Steelers. That's that. Yeah. They're. That's but they the would main. never. Never say never. But right. Yeah. Right. I don't think so. I mean. There's still Rooney's in the organization, um, up and down it. So that they're doesn't fuck they're going anywhere. I mean, Art Rudy, uh, Art Rudy Jr. is the, the, the did he pass? Um, no, yeah. Dan Rooney. Dan, Dan, sorry, Dan Rooney, who is Art Rooney II's dad, right? right. Dan Rooney. Passed. That's right. Yes. Okay. Just yeah. throw one. Didn't didn't. I mean, I was Art pretty sure. Rooney the second, by the way. That's how he goes. Art Rooney two. The second, yes. Okay, whatever. <clears throat> um, Art Rooney two. <laughs> Art Rooney the second, excuse me. Um, I mean, I don't think he, like, I think he would feel haunted if he sold the Steelers, even if he made $4 billion. And they have lots of minority owners, too, so that might not work. Like, are the McCaskies going to sell the Bears? Well, Dan Rooney Jr. is also in the front office now. So, I mean, they're, they're folks, like I said, up and down the... Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, like, with George McCaskey is the president of the Bears. I, I just mean, it's hard. To, it's a little hard to find teams that would actually want to sell, like, like Ziggy Wilf. The Wilfs are 26 on this list. 
but they're I think relatively, they're, they're relatively new owners as well, though. Like last twenty years, right? Yeah, I think so. Right? Yeah, I feel like they they bought the team not too long ago. Right. I mean, I would they flip this team for to make three billion dollars? Maybe they might. Amy Adams Strunk. That feels like a good spot. I mean, Bud Adams would haunt you to the like haunt your you know haunt your life, but. I just wonder how many of these people, because of like because of how the the teams run in the family, would so be willing. So, Wilf and Five Partners bought the Minnesota Vikings in two thousand five from Red McCombs. How much do you think they paid for the Vikings in two thousand five? Seven hundred fifty grand. Seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I don't know. Two, one. All right, sorry, sorry, seven, sorry, seven hundred fifty million dollars. <laughs> you could have bought the Vikings. You're close. Six hundred million. <laughs> seven hundred fifty grand. Jeez. Seven dollars and fifty cents. <laughs> Under. Um, yeah, 600 million, 15, 17 years ago now. I'll tell you who should sell. Freaking Haslam's. Oh, they have, they're burning. I mean, they have money to burn. I don't, what else are they going to do? I could see, I could see Gail Benson selling the Saints. All right. She didn't need the money, but it's like. But you have to understand, and this is sort of what happened. Um, I think this is what happened with Denver. Like when, when there are family members involved, it's not just easy. It's not just as simple as one person saying, right. "We're out. I'm out." Right. Pat, so, Pat Boland, if he, you know, if he hadn't gotten sick, um, and then obviously passed, he never would have sold the Broncos. Like if he were still just in good health and alive, he would, you know, the Broncos wouldn't have sold for this. And I think there were conversations about family members' involvement after he died. And oh, it was a disaster. Right. That's what I thought. I don't. I don't follow like the ownership stuff closely no, no, they, they all there were like five or six members of the bowlin trust who were battling Brittany bowlin was the top one battling to try and get the team and like no one could meet the criteria for to run the team based on what the league wanted plus the league wanted a team to sell for this much and by the way david tepper uh like pro football oh, i forgot about the the allen trust like jody allen could sell the seahawks don't really need to because you got $20 billion. But David Tepper is the largest single individual, the wealthiest, was the wealthiest single was. individual owner right. at $16. billion or so. That's about to change. Uh, yeah, the Walton, Rob Walton, $60 billion. And by the way, his mom, I believe, is married to Stan Kroenke, which everyone's conveniently. Yeah, but British talked about the relationship between. Um, yeah. Because the, they're, they're cousins in there, too. By the way, Pat Bowen bought the Broncos. In 1984, what do you think he paid? 1984. So 2005, the Vikings went five million. Two, 2005, the Vikings went for 600 million. 84, Pat Bowen paid 70 million. 70 million. That's a lot in 84, man. By the way, Rob Walton's 77 years old. Yeah. So he's sure he's got I mean, I'm sure they're you, with a purchase like this of four plus billion dollars. You're coming in with a succession plan already. No, I, I get that. It's just that he's not a spring chicken. I think I think Jerry Jones is close in age to to Rob Walton, late seventies. Yeah, and I mean he's been the, the owner since what eighty nine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let me ask you this: I, I don't think this is a crazy suggestion, but I would. I think that Russell Wilson, the trade for Russell Wilson, I think the Broncos would have sold for you know. I think the trade for Russell Wilson made this happen a lot faster and a lot easier. And the fact that Peyton Manning is going to be heavily involved in this process. I think more Peyton. All, um, like by all accounts, Peyton Manning was going to be involved in all ownership uh, groups that were, that were possibilities. I think Peyton's a much bigger component than sure. Russell Wilson. I don't think Russell Wilson actually matters at all because at the end of the day, you're, you're buying 
what is essentially a money-making machine. Whether you have Russ Wilson or not, it doesn't matter. You have Russ Wilson for five years, you still have a money money-making machine uh, afterwards. Are there any NFL teams that don't make money? I mean, that that's the the first question. And if the answer is no, Whoa. then you don't need Russ Wilson. But yeah, it doesn't yeah. hurt. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just, I mean, I, I don't think it hurts that it'd be like, all right, we just traded for a franchise quarterback. No, it doesn't hurt. Like you, like you feel like you're paying four and a half billion dollars and you don't feel like you're coming in and having to, like, you don't feel like you're coming in blind with a team that's going to suck and you're going to get made fun of. Like you got Peyton Manning coming in to help you run this team. And you've got Russell Wilson now as your franchise quarterback. And you have this expectation that you're going to win you know, some games pretty early on. Like you feel like you bought a stable franchise. It's the opposite of buying the Browns, basically. I mean, the Browns or the Panthers could be stable, but they just choose not to be. Well, they could be stable, or they could trade for Deshaun Watson and destabilize themselves. So, uh, speaking of which, we this isn't on the rundown, but I mentioned it quickly. I was talking with um, our buddy Ken Carmen and Anthony Lima today. Yeah, um, sports boy. No, no. Wednesday morning on Cleveland radio, and I got the sense that. Folks in Cleveland think like an eight to 10 game suspension would be severe. Like that might be the, the, the high end. The, when you say folks in Cleveland, do you mean like, like the fans, I think based on the, the, oh, yeah. the, the, fans the call, to be like four games. I don't think, I think it's gonna be higher than that. I do too. Um, I think it's going to be, I don't know if they'll do a full year. Here's the thing, and I mentioned this yesterday, I think. Um, Calvin Ridley got a year for putting his name on his FanDuel account. So you're going to give someone less than a year? Who, again, he's got the two grand juries that refused to convene, but you also have the 66 women that came forward in the New York Times article. So, And more importantly, Roger Goodell does not care about the legal system. Yeah, I mean, I say this all the time, and I like, I don't, again, like I don't want it to sound crass at all, um, but the the NFL is just very obtuse about how they handle on-field versus off-field matters. Like, they feel like... So, Calvin Ridley's uh, decision to bet on a bunch of parlays on his FanDuel account is a very clear-cut, obvious violation of on-field, like, quote-unquote, on-field integrity of the game behavior, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, there's no... There's, it is very cut and dry. It is very clear... There's no debating what happened, and they wanted to yeah, prevent the, the punishment. Is I, I I understand what you're saying. I, don't get me wrong. What Deshaun Watson is accused of doing is obviously a million times worse than betting a parlay on FanDuel. But I, I'm just saying that the NFL had it. There's no there's no gray area. There's no he said she said with Calvin Ridley, and the NFL wants to make sure that players are not gambling on football. So they they snuffed out that concern. Now you could then make the argument that if the NFL wants to prevent people from doing things off the field, maybe they could do the same thing here. I'm just telling you, they treat on the field stuff differently than they do off the field stuff. Well, Deshaun is off the field. I know, but Calvin Ridley's not off the field. Yeah, it is. He gambled. No, he gambled on football. That's all, that is on the field. Uh, well, look, I understand what you're saying, and you can choose to do that. I would imagine and almost guarantee that the NFL knows that if they have a suspension less than Calvin Ridley's, there's going to be a lot of pushback and not the good kind. Sure. So, I, I mean, totally. that's a pretty flimsy argument if we're... I say, I, I'm, not saying it, I'm not saying it's a good argument. I'm just telling you how the, um, 
how the NFL operates. Okay. We'll see. Okay. I, I do think that, I mean, I do think that they will, I think they're going to hammer him this year with an asterisk. What does that mean? The, the freedom to hammer him even worse if, if more stuff comes out. So you think he's going to get 17 games with an asterisk? No, I think he'll get eight games with an asterisk. Like, we're giving you eight games. Mm. And if, if eight games, we're giving you eight games just based on all of this, even though none of this has come to a conclusion and your cases may still go to trial. So you get eight games, and then we're going to reevaluate next offseason. And Deshaun, if this comes out and, and everything looks worse a year from now, then you might get another year. And then you're really going to be screwed in terms of your contract. It's all guaranteed. You'll be fine. <laughs> 230 million guaranteed. Well, it's not if he's suspended. Yeah, so he's, he misses two years. So he misses uh, out on a million dollar payday, and then he misses twenty five million next year. He's still got two hundred five million to go. I well, think he'll be all right. Okay. All right, let's take a break, and we come back more football news next. Explore the weaponization of rap lyrics in the criminal justice system in the new documentary, As We Speak, Rap Music on Trial. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. You deserve the truth. The enemy is at our gates. The fight for humanity. I look at your faces. I do not see defeat. No! And I do not see surrender. It's far from over. You will not make that stand alone. We have something the enemy does not. We have heroes. Halo. New season now streaming. Exclusively on Paramount Plus. So Aaron Rodgers made some waves, sort of, maybe. It's kind of it's kind of slow out there this time of year. Aaron Rodgers says he will quote definitely his career with the Packers. Scale of one to ten. I think that's news true. factor. News factor. Oh, that's oh. true or false. Like what is like from a Newsworthy, like no, uh, this a, is news. It's about a zero point three. <laughs> uh, I think it's certainly less concerning if you're a Packers fan than what he said a few weeks ago when he said he was consistently contemplating retirement. I don't want to hear that if you're a Packers fan. Or here's the thing: if you're Mike Lafleur, Matt Lafleur, uh, are you? Have you had enough of Aaron Rodgers' nonsense? Or are you just like, well, this is part of the deal. I got to suck it up and, and deal with this this prima donna because I know we'll win thirteen games every year. I think wait, I think Matt LaFleur loves Aaron Rodgers. What gives you that impression? What gives you the impression they don't like each other? Because Aaron Rodgers, I mean, he, last summer wasn't great. It wasn't, but it wasn't LaFleur and Rodgers. It was, La, was Rodgers in the front office. But LaFleur has to figure out how to cobble together a football team if his future Hall of Famer is in Los Angeles debating on whether he's ever going to play again. Rodgers is playing. Look, man, he's just farving it up. He likes the attention. He's playing two or three more years. He also cost the team on some level, Devonte Adams, didn't he? Potentially, sure. Okay. Well, I mean, it seems like Adams once he realized he could go to Las Vegas, he was gone. On what planet would you leave Aaron Rodgers to play for Derek Carr? And I like Derek Carr certainly much more than you do. And go to a division where you—it's almost impossible to, to win half your division games. He wanted to play with his buddy. If Sean McDermott called you up and said, "Hey, man, I'm doing a William and Mary podcast in Buffalo." You want to come join me? You'd be like, I don't know. I've been 
podcasting with Brinson for a really long time. I'd hate to go podcast about something I love with my old college pal. Hey, Sean, I'll ask you this. Does it pay more than what Brinson's currently paying me? That would be the ultimate decider. And then Sean would say, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I dialed the wrong number in the William & Mary directory. I, I, who is this again? Why would he be consulting the William Mary directory to find podcast hosts? It's just, it's just I don't think Sean McDermott's calling you for a William & Mary podcast out of Buffalo. Well, you're sort of crapping on your own point. You were trying to make a point. I don't know what the point was. Um, <laughs> I I don't think this is that newsworthy. I think Rogers is just like he's talking. You know, he's talking at the match and he's talking this. You know, how did that like, match go? I didn't watch once. I didn't even know it was televised. I didn't watch any of it either. But yeah, I did Lord. read some quotes about it. Um, apparently, Tom Brady was like, like the Buccaneers kind of forced Tom Brady's hand by like not even letting him entertain playing for other teams and Tom Brady realizing that if he didn't commit before free agency started, that they might lose a bunch of people. And if you, cause Tom Brady said he was like, it's more like, he's like, it's not, you know, when you come back, it's not a hundred percent. It's more like 55, 45 years. But once you get what you decide to come back, you're a hundred percent in. And Rogers is like, yeah, yeah, that's very true. Like, you know, at this stage of your life, at this stage of your career, it's like, you know, that's why you're making this decision. You're like 55, 45. You don't, you know, you kind of want to leave, but you kind of want to come back, but you want to come back more than you want to leave. But then once you decide to commit, you're hundred percent in. I just find that kind of interesting. Like, you know, these guys are legitimately on the fence. You know? So Brady's first year in Tampa was 2019. He's going into his third year in Tampa. 2020. Right? 2020. Yeah, because remember, he won the pandemic year. No fans. Super Bowl's in Tampa. We didn't go for the first time in 10 years. And that's when Tua was drafted in 2020. Yeah. So that's why, I mean, I was thinking he made a mistake by going to Tampa Bay in the first place. He should have just gone to Miami if that's where he wanted to be. But he didn't, I, I don't, he must have signed after. No, he signed, he before, signed the before the draft. Before the draft of Tua. Yeah. Why did he go to Miami? Um, Same division, maybe? I don't know. That has nothing to do with He's a free agent. I, Maybe he just didn't want to play Belichick twice. So a year, basically, man. what you're saying is that he admitted that he he quote unquote retired this year so he could go to Miami, which is where it sounds like he'd been minority owner and would have had his way. But it sounds like he wouldn't have been upset about playing for either San Francisco or Miami. Maybe Brian Flores was the the impediment because really? I don't know where how Flores felt about Tom Brady coming in, and obviously Flores t- didn't love Tua, um, or did love Tua, whatever the the issue was. And the, the wait, remember what there the story where it was like uh, Stephen Ross asked. Brian Flores to come to his yacht before free agency started and meet with a prospective free agent. No, I think got on there. He's like Tom Brady. He's like, whoa, bro. Like, I can't do this. Yeah, maybe that's maybe that's what happened. Man, that's crazy. That's a wild scene. Stephen Ross is another one that has to answer some questions. I think before it's all said and done. That oh, that's a good point. I didn't even uh, where's Ross on that list? Because he, I mean, he's yeah, rich as hell. But... Yeah, I think he's got some money. <laughs> yeah, but like, that didn't preclude him from being like, he, all right, I'm. He ain't selling. He's fifth overall at eight point two billion. Yeah, he ain't selling. Yeah. Like Jerry Jones would rather die than sell the Cowboys. Well, I mean, and obviously he has his daughter and, and Charlotte and his son Steven are in the mix too. So again, there's a concession plan in place. Not concession, succession. <laughs> Con- concession plan. Yeah. All right. Next up. Did you like that long pause? Just pause long enough to make you look up. Yeah, I thought you had a stroke. Or I thought maybe D would Debo would put in a commercial there. No, no commercial. Per Slack. 
Uh, Zach in the chat says Brinson wants to host a Bloody Mary podcast. Um, I'd be fine with it. Seems like it's a little niche, even for me. You run a bourbon podcast with my accountant, so that sounds eminently reasonable. What's that? You were on a bourbon podcast with my accountant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a bourbon podcast is like wide ranging. There's tons of bourbons. Chattanooga whiskey, by the way. Check it out if you're in Chattanooga. Um, Breakingbourbon.com as well. But the, uh, the 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 difference is, um, like, I mean, I feel like you kind of run out of episodes of Bloody Mary. Now, you could do like a brunch beverage podcast. All right, like a what you call it? What's the champagne and orange juice thing called? The uh, a mimosa. Mimosa. I'm a huge mimosa guy. I'll tell you what's, you know, this place called Standard uh, in, in Raleigh mm-hmm. um, has a uh, frozen painkiller. Oh my God. What's in that? Um, it's, uh, what is it? <laughs> oh, let me see. Can't remember. <laughs> I can't. Dull the pain. Killed all my pain. Uh, I'll make sure I say the wrong thing. It's, um, I think it's like usually pineapple juice, cream of coconut, orange juice, and then rum. But it doesn't taste like fruity like that. And then nutmeg on top. Oh, it's so good. All right. I might get get one after we get done here. Why not? Why not? Um, They also have a frozen gin and tonic that's pretty good there, too. Frozen gin and tonic, like a slushy? I know. You wouldn't think so. No, it sounds interesting. It's good. I was surprised. Intriguing. Exactly. So, see, now we're on something. Brunch brunch Beverages podcast. Breakingbrunchbeverages.com. Doesn't... um. God, these all-season podcasts are so amazing. Yeah, they are. What's the what's the guy here that used to work here that works for Ballets now that covered hockey? What's his name? Pete Blackburn. He does Pete. his podcast is called Brunch, but I don't know if it's about brunch. Oh, okay. That's what's going I think it's All just right. like dudes having like dudes dudes and like Debo, what are the uh the shorts that that um hipsters wear? Like the four shorts? Nah, they were it's like the the um Daisy Dukes? I don't know. You're 34. You should know this stuff. <laughs> um, they're like uh, oh God. bird dogs, maybe? Bird dogs? They're like, they ride up your thighs. You know, like, so you, you thigh, you know, thigh, sun's out. Thighs out. out. Thighs out. All right. Short, hashtag short king summer. All right. Or short king spring. Hashtag short king spring is what Pete Blackburn was talking about. Oh, God. You don't know. You don't. You don't know anything I just said, do you? No, I tuned you out a few minutes ago. Okay. Um. Okay. So uh, DK Metcalf didn't show up to Seahawks. Oh, unexcused absence from Seahawks minicamp. He could be fined up to ninety-three thousand dollars. He had foot surgery earlier this offseason. Uh, news on a scale of one to ten. News, no news. No news to news. Well, here's the thing. Like, he's trying to get paid. He's recovering from foot surgery. And he has probably done the math in his head, and he understands that having Geno Smith and or Drew Locke throw him passes <laughs> is not going to help him get paid like it would have if Russell Wilson had been throwing him passes. So, yeah, find a way. I, I mean, this this team is sort of setting itself up to, to win two football games, it feels like, if they, they want to push it. I think he's trying to make DK happy. Wasn't DK in, in trade convers- draft day trade conversations, too? He, he's, his name's been banded about a bunch. Now, there's some speculation that that could even be DK Metcalf's camp putting the, his name out there in order to generate trade interest so he can get out of the Seahawks because he doesn't want to catch passes from Drew Locke and Gino Smith. 
Right. Remember when remember when um you thought you you agreed that Russell Wilson and DK Metcalf could be better than Jerry Rice and Joe Montana? That was ridiculous. You sound so stupid now. Oh, that must have been something you said because you're, <laughs> you're trying to turn it on me. Right, Russell so, Wilson said that. He's like, we're going to be the, you know, the new generation. Like He's going to be my Jerry Rice. It's like, <laughs> yeah, Russ does a lot of things that are extremely boring and sometimes hard to believe. I think Russ has got his own things to worry about in Denver. Like, I, I don't, I mean, that team is really good, but the division is incredibly they're treating, tough. They're treating the Broncos as if they're just like going to come out guns blazing. Like they got a new head I, coach. I think they finished third. Yeah, that's I. Second, I think second or third. I think Chiefs win, Chargers second, probably. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. Yeah, I mean, I would if the Chargers weren't the Chargers. Like, if you flip the uniforms, it'd be easy to take the. Yeah, yeah. It's just because they're the Chargers, they're gonna find a way to screw it up. You feel like Brandon Staley year two, watch out. Hey, I love say. Brandon Staley. Um, the thing is with the Seahawks, it's like if you're willing to trade Russ. Why aren't you willing to trade DK Metcalf? Like I actually you, said this yesterday hard. on I said this yesterday on HQ. So the things that Russ wanted was offensive line help. They got offensive line help, but they had to trade away Russ to get it because they didn't have uh, the money or the draft pick. So they got two offensive linemen. They got Charles Cross. They got Abe Lucas, both out of um, West Coast systems, which is sort of ironic, whatever. Um, and then they drafted Ken Walker, the running back. I'm, I'm sure Russ didn't care about that. And they got better on defense. Um, they still haven't done enough because they don't have Russ Wilson. And in fact, even if they had Russ Wilson and those draft picks, I don't know if they would. I mean, how good would they be in that division? If they had Russ, uh, they'd be pretty good. I think they'd be second, but I don't think they would. In the NFC West? Yeah. I'd probably still be third. Who's second? 49ers. Who's their quarterback? Trey Lance getting good buzz coming out of camp. Let me Peter ask you. Schrager says he's shredding it. Who has gotten bad buzz coming out of out of any OTA ever? Sam Darnold. Mark Sanchez. Tim Tebow. Jesus. Uh, Christian, Dar- oh. uh, Christian Darnold. Christian uh, Hackenberg. Hackenberg. All Jets quarterbacks. Luckily, DK <laughs> Metcalf uh, is not a Jets quarterback. Um, do you think that the Seahawks, so they've decided that their motto for they're filming promos with like Quandre Diggs and other players. It's like, let's fly. Do you think they're making fun of Russell Wilson? Yes. Okay. 100%. They are a hundred percent. Yeah. It, it, the only way they could be more obvious if they, if they were saying let's cook. <laughs> um, I love the idea that they would troll Ross. Do you think Ross comes in week one and lights him up? Where's that game? Seattle. I kind of feel like Seahawks might steal a win there. I was going to say, I don't think Monday it's night football. Play. It's not going to be a blowout, but again, you have to have a quarterback, and currently they don't have one. Like, what if it's Baker? Like, that would be fun. Baker versus Ross would be incredible. Gino and Drew would not be fun. By the way, speaking of Baker, he was also excused from Brown's mandatory minicamp by the Browns. They need to put, they need to wrap him in, in uh, bubble wrap and and just keep him safe somewhere. I think they're just going to play Jacoby Brissett. I don't think he's going to play for them. Well, again, this is a conversation I had with our buddies, um, okay. Ken and, and Lima. Would so you let's say it's twelve games. We don't know, but say the suspension is twelve games. What's the worst case? Like, how many games do you have to win with Jacoby Brissett to be competitive when Deshaun Watson comes back after 12 games? Six. Exactly what I said. Can they go six and six with Jacoby Brissett? No. Right. I feel like Baker healthy, and when you're not antagonizing him, and when he's not antagonizing you, there's yeah, a better clearly chance. Baker, you, yeah, Baker, you could win 10 games. If Yeah, if everyone's on the same page. Wouldn't that right? be something if they won, like, all right, so look, they're actually, all right, so they're at the 
Panthers, Jets, Steelers at the foul. Jesus, they could go four and over with Brissett to start. Yeah, no we sense. do this every year with that schedule, with the Brown schedule. And Chargers, Pats at Ravens, Bengals at home. So I think you're four and four with Brissett. All right, what are, the, what are the last? Then you got your week nine bye at Dolphins at Bills. Then Bucks at Texans. Oof. So that's you. Yeah. So that feels like six and six, which is okay. Uh, I feel like that's five and seven. Five and seven. Then you got to win out with a quarterback that hasn't played in two years. <laughs> that's right. And with, or much less with new, all these new players. Right. At Bengals, Ravens, Saints, at Washington, at Pittsburgh. All right. I mean, that's a slightly above average, difficult schedule. It's but you basically have to win all five of those games with Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so maybe 12 games is... Six is correct. That's the correct answer, though. Yeah. Interesting. Um, Oh, I was going to... I saw this on uh, NFL.com. There's another face missing from Packers' mandatory minicamp. It's not Aaron Rodgers. You know who it is? Devontae Adams, because he went to Las Vegas. (laughs) It's Alan Lazard. He's holding out for a long-term deal. No, he is? (laughs) Good for him. He's like, look, bro. I'm the only guy on this roster. This is (laughs) how you play the leverage. So you mentioned Sammy Watkins. You you, you mentioned him before we started that he is uh, going to be a part of the offense, which is a wild thing to say if you're anyone associated with Green Bay. Guy, I would hope he'd be part of the offense. What else is he going to do? Return punts? (laughs) Um, So, right, Alan Lazard. And after that, you have Christian Watson, the second-round pick. who played at FCS North Dakota State with Trey Lance. You have Romeo Dubs. who played with uh, with, um, uh, Carson... Carson Strong, who's now on the Eagles roster, they they played, you know, they didn't play power, they didn't play um, power five. You have Alan Lazard, you have Randall Cobb, who's quote unquote thirty four like Brinson, and you have Amari Rogers, who is Randall Cobb two point He just hasn't quite morphed into that. Randall Cobb and I were in our first drafts together. So that's good. right. You you sat behind him in first grade. So um, yeah, there ain't a lot there, and it was fine with you had Devontae Adams because he would get targeted fourteen times a game. He's dunked the ball to Aaron Jones a bunch. I just feel, I mean, they're going to win the division. I just think it's going to be a lot tougher than it has been in recent years. Oh, yeah. But to, to the Lazard thing, though, like, if I'm Alan Lazard, you're on a one-year deal for $4 million? No, I will be needing more than that. What do you need? Like, if you want me to be your, if you want me to be your number one wide receiver for this year and, and fill the, like, I want a multi-year contract. Let's see what the spot track market value is. Way too much value in that. Uh, three years, twenty-three million. Okay, done. <laughs> yeah, seven point seven million a year. Uh, actually, you know what? I want Robbie Anderson's contract. Twenty-nine million, twenty million guaranteed. Robbie what? Anderson. He's not as good as Robbie Anderson. What? He's better than Robbie Anderson. All right. Or maybe Corey Davis money. God, no! What do? You- what are you smoking? 12.5 a year? That's not much. No. You know, I mean, Alazar can't ask for Curtis Samuel money or Michael Gallup money. They got nobody else, man. He can ask for it. They have Christian Watson. <laughs> give, give the man Tim Patrick money. Zay Tim. Jones money. Come on. All right. I want more than Marquez Valdez Scantling guy from the Chiefs, at least. Okay. No, that's fair. I don't know how much you got. I don't think it was a lot. It couldn't have been a lot. Ten million a year for three years. He did, and it's what like 
Oh, it's easily. They can easily get out from it. What did you it's do? Really a one year. It's really a one year ten. No, it's a. It's a, it's a it's a really it's actually like a sneaky short deal. Okay. And what did Juju get for KC? Ask me more than that. Um, I believe it's a lot less. Juju got a one year three point two five million dollar deal. Why is he making less than Alex Scanling? Valdez Scanling. Scanling's Scanling's deal is like is very um funny money. All right. So he oh oh yeah. Scanling's deal is is crap. He has no guaranteed money after his first year. It's he's basically a one year two point five six million dollar deal. Juju's still only twenty five, and I, I think it makes a ton of sense going to to KC for one Absolutely. year. Absolutely, you you light it up, and then you get your your contract. I don't think it's crazy to give Alan Lazard Curtis Samuel money. Curtis Samuel got paid. What's his? What was his deal? Thirty four point five million for with eleven point five per year. Get out! I, you're crazy. You're the same person that thinks every edge rusher should get thirty million a year too, though. But what? Well, I mean. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> what do you want? Okay, can he get can he get Devontae Parker money? I just offered you what did I say? Three years, twenty three million. Seven point seven million a year okay, feels about right. You said he's currently making like forty he's he's making the, the seventy thousand dollars. I'd rather play one year four million and try and cash in. You just said yesterday that you would much prefer a long term secure deal. That's not a long term secure deal. Not one year, three year, three years. Is year, it fully guaranteed? Probably not. He's Alan Lazard. Okay. I mean, what are we doing? Have you trading Devontae Adams and you stuck with Alan Lazard as your number one? That's what we're doing. And you still don't you, you draft two defenders in the first, with your two first round picks. That's crazy. What um, world. all right. I love that this is where we're at in the podcast in June 8th. We're we're arguing over Alan Lazard money. That's welcome to the offseason. Uh by the way, uh back just quickly back to the Broncos. Um per Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk reports that Josh Harris, co-owner of the Sixers, 76ers, aka Debo's boy. Would have paid five billion dollars to the Broncos if he knew the deal would get done. Yeah, but he couldn't get an assurance that it would get done, so he didn't want to make the bid and then get trumped on the five billion dollars. Then yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know what that. I mean, do you think he has like five five billion in a suitcase? Like I don't understand. <laughs> I'm sure he. Has I think basically it's like he had like in order to get a five billion dollar offer sheet together, that you know a lot goes into it. So he right. could have gotten the. You know what I'm saying? Like you don't you don't want to jump through all the hoops to get the $5 billion ready. And then they're like, ah, sorry, somebody's paying $5.1 billion. Right. You're not going down to the ATM to drive through ATM and just getting it out. Right. I mean, you get outbid for like, a, you know, yeah, exactly. Um, do you want to talk about Jack Del Rio before we get out of here? No, just kidding. That's <laughs> it for the show. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, we're Wilson. I'm Brinson. We'll talk to you guys later. This is Sandra Oreda from Attacking Third, a podcast part of the CBS Sports Golazo Network dedicated to all things women's soccer. With the NWSL expanding to 14 teams, the 2024 season promises to be bigger and better than ever, and Attacking Third will be along for the ride from start to finish. Before that, though, we'll be all over the CONCACAF W Gold Cup, where the U.S. women's national team is looking to clinch silverware on home soil. We'll also be keeping tabs on the winter transfer window, the Women's Super League, the UEFA Women's Champions League, and elsewhere. Coming to you multiple times a week with game previews, recaps, analysis, breaking news, exclusive interviews, and more. Attacking Third is your one-stop shop for the best coverage of the women's game. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and anywhere podcasts are found. Make sure you subscribe to Attacking Third.